0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Retirement Talk with Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors. We appreciate you joining us today. If uh, you uh, hear things today that uh, cause questions to come to mind, if uh, there's something we talk about that, that you want more information about, Uh, just uh, feel free to give us a call at 812-787-0809. You can visit us online at com. And while you're at our website, I encourage you to click on the radio page and uh, there's a tab in the upper right corner, do that. And you can check out past shows and you can also subscribe to a retirement talk with Mike Graber on uh, Apple Podcasts uh, or Spotify. But uh, at any time, Uh, Don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or concerns you have about your retirement. We'll be happy to meet with you uh, for a face-to-face meeting. We can have a good conversation over the phone or perhaps a a virtual meeting. Today we're going to be talking about uh, preparing to be an executor. And throughout my career, uh, I've had occasions where clients call or come into the office and they're seeking advice because uh, someone is asking them, to serve as the executor of their estate. And uh, while they're usually you know, more than willing uh, to take on the task, they also want some insight into some of the uh, perhaps uh, critical do's uh, and don'ts in- involved in, in that uh, process. So I thought we'd spend uh, a good part of today's show examining some of the things uh, that we think it'd be good for you to know if you anticipate uh, being an executor for someone uh, in the future. Then, if we have any time left, we've got a little information uh, on long-term care, but before we uh, charge into those uh, topics today, here is the uh, update from usdebtclock.org. Federal debt, it was just a few days ago that we topped $31 trillion. We are now at $31.15 trillion and climbing rapidly. Unfunded liabilities, Uh, that's probably the the more concerning number to me. Uh, That is $172 trillion. Unfunded liabilities are uh, promises that the uh, government has made, uh, for the most part, with the American people to provide uh, services. Uh, Some can be retirement programs or Medicare. Medicare. But uh, just imagine the government uh, has promised $172 trillion uh, in programs, payments to support Americans, and they don't have the money in the checkbook to cover it. And at some time, that bill will come due. Uh, we feel that uh, there's only two ways that they can raise those funds or to cover that uh, promise. That's to raise taxes or to cut spending, some combination of the two. And it's really, uh, really important that you as a retiree or someone looking to retire at any time in the future uh, has a plan in place that anticipates the changes the government's going to be forced to make to uh, come up with the funds to uh, make good on those promises. That $172 trillion uh, translates into a debt of $516,000 per U.S. citizen. If you look at both on and off-budget items right now, the debt-to-GDP ratio is right at 125%. That uh, is at uh, all-time highs. Most of the time when people are talking about the the debt-to-GDP ratio, they're only talking about on-budget items, but today we're including the off-budget. And it's not a good place to be where Uh, your debt tops the uh, value of all goods and services produced in your economy in a year. I'm uh, happy to have uh, Tony Shore on the show with me again today. Tony helps me uh, keep things on track, keep me focused. Uh, Tony, I think we've got uh, some important information today to share on uh, this executor topic. And as I said, if time permits, we'll uh, talk a little bit about uh, traditional long-term care. So thanks for being here again today, Tony.
0: Well, yeah, thanks for having me on the show today, Mike. It's Great to be here, and I think you've chosen a great topic. I think our listeners out there, I don't know if they expect to ever become the executor of an estate at some point, but a lot of us will, and well, I think most will want to take this important task on for somebody we care about, we don't mind doing it, I think it's fair to say it can be intimidating. I don't know if I want to do it, so I'm excited to hear some of the tips you have for us today, and I think it's good for people to hear who, uh, when it comes time to choosing an executor for your will, too, right?
1: Yeah, it, it is, and, and even for people who may not uh, be the executor, but uh, they're going to be part, uh, uh, be someone who's maybe going to inherit, they're going to be dealing with an executor, I think uh, it, it's good to at least have a little bit of uh, knowledge when it comes to uh, this, this topic. Uh, we're going to be looking at an article from U.S. News and World Report, The title of the article is uh, very straightforward How to Prepare to Be an Executor of an Estate. And there's some good uh, insights in here. So let's start, first of all, by defining uh, some of the responsibilities that come if you choose to serve as an executor. Uh, As the executor for an estate, you're most likely starting point uh, will be uh, getting familiar with all of the assets, and that would require that you locate uh, all the critical documents, including uh, the will. Uh, You may have to ask uh, several family members uh, to look in multiple places uh, to find all the necessary documents if if they've not been uh, previously organized by the, the decedent but uh, you have to have a starting point and you have to have all of the information uh, at your disposal to uh, uh, carry out this task. Um, One of the uh, tools that that we offer uh, through uh, our firm is called Generational Vault and it's uh, essentially a secure online uh, safe deposit box. So uh, if uh, you uh, want to gather all of your important documents uh, you can upload them to generational vault it's a uh, password protected it's available 24 uh, 7 all around the world all you have to do is log on uh, you can uh, give your log on information to whomever the executor is going to be or anyone else that you would like to have access you can put your uh, important medical documents uh, on this so that if you're uh, vacationing overseas and you need something that's at your disposal. So generational vault is a tool that we offer for this and it's really a handy tool for the executor. Um, In addition to that uh, you might also note that uh, to serve as an executor typically uh, of an estate here in America you must be an American citizen. Uh, Though uh, a non-citizen might be able to uh, take uh, care of this function uh, when they work closely with a U.S citizen or uh, as a co-executor. So uh, next, I would say depending on the size of the estate and the complexity of the assets uh, that uh, the decedent owned, uh, anticipate this process taking you know six months uh, to a year. Um, you know certainly you won't be working uh, on the estate every day, but it does take time for some things uh, to play out. So uh, it's going to be a time commitment on your part as the executor. And then finally, in some cases, executors uh, can be paid for their work, though uh, you should be aware that if you receive compensation, it can be considered uh, earned income for uh, tax purposes. So there's a little introduction into uh, the world of being an executor for an estate, Tony.
0: Wow. Okay. Sounds like there's going to be a lot to talk about here and dissect. And you've mentioned your generational vault on previous shows, and I've seen it in action. I have to say it's a great tool, uh, and you offer it to your clients at no charge uh, because you can keep all your important financial and insurance documents in there, and uh, it's like an online safe deposit box, and I, I, I guess it probably applies to things like your will and powers of attorney, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, really, uh, an individual can upload any document that they want to uh, have accessible. You know, it could be um, a couple pages out of uh, each life insurance policy, obviously the will, a trust, uh, powers of attorney, health care consent forms. Uh, You can put uh, all of it there. And there's really a a nice feature. You can uh, do a video of yourself. Uh, Maybe you want to Uh, you know, make some comments to your heirs and you can upload that video to Generation Vault and uh, it'll be there uh, for to them uh, to view in the future. I would say that's a good idea, especially if there are some uh, complex holdings or some complex distributions that you want made out of your estate, perhaps uh, save uh, some uh, hard feelings if you Uh, explain what your reasoning was, uh, how you want a specific asset held, Uh, you want a specific item to go to a specific person. Uh, When you put that on paper that's one thing, Uh, but if you explain it uh, in a video where they can see you talking about it, I think that enhances uh, the whole estate settlement process. Now the video is not a substitution for the legal papers like the will and the trust that must be prepared by uh, the attorney in most cases, but uh, it is uh, the generational vault is a very uh, valuable tool in our opinion when it comes to communicating uh, with uh, those that uh, you, that you're leaving behind. So I, I really uh, couldn't agree more that you know take the time and, and use these tools that are uh, available. And uh, perhaps that will help you uh, avoid uh, potential conflicts as well. You know, it's, it's sad enough, you know, whenever a, a person uh, leaves our family. Uh, but we don't want to leave uh, behind um, things that, that can further stress uh, an individual, you know, during the estate uh, settlement processes. So, uh, again, uh, generational vault's a tool that uh, we would encourage uh, everyone to consider using. There's no charge for it. If you would just uh, drop me an email at mgraber at compassra.com. And in the subject line, put generational vault inquiry. I'll make sure that we get the information to you so that you can set that up.
0: Well, that sounds great. So um, I know that when you start talking about wills and estates, uh, emotions can run high. What about that? Uh, what's the best thing to do if that happens?
1: Well, as, as the executor, you're going to be dealing with uh, different individuals, uh, different personalities, uh, people uh, I- experiencing and going through you know, the grieving process in different ways. And I think the best uh, recommendation is to you know, stick to the plan, you know, understand what the executor wanted you to do uh, and, and, and stick with it. You know, there's a reason uh, the person uh, asked you to, to be the executor. You know, they're trusting you to see through their wishes. So uh, I would say that uh, just, you know, stick into that plan and use that as your um, North Star, you know, uh, fix to that and, and let that be your guide. You know, if, if family members uh, strike out at you, uh, if they're asking you uh, for things or making demands for items or money or anything else, just lean on uh, the the documents that, that spell out how things are, are supposed to be. You know it wasn't you as the executor that made the decision. Uh, it was the deceased party. Uh, those were their items, their assets, and they had a, a specific, person that they wanted those to go to, and that's why they put things uh, in in writing. So um, when it comes to, to household uh, items, uh, as the article says, you know, don't be afraid if you have to, to lock up the house um, or, you know, for specific items, uh, if that's what it what it takes to, to make sure that the decedent's last wishes are uh, carried out, you know, protect those for the proper disposition of those assets according to um the, the instructions of uh the decedent that's the role of the executor it's to make sure that things uh, are handled uh, in the manner uh, that uh the person who's passing those along one uh, of those taken care of
0: right so what the will say goes right what the will says basically goes uh, that sounds simple enough
1: Yeah. And and for the most part, uh, that, that is true. Uh, it it can be as simple as long again, as the executor or the administrator, you know, they stick with it and, uh, don't allow themselves to get, uh, you know, knocked off, uh, the, uh, original path.
0: Yeah. All right. That sounds great. And let's keep rolling with today's show. I mean, uh, this has been a really good one and you've given a great picture of what you should expect if you ever do serve as the executor of an estate. Uh, Now, I know you mentioned maybe addressing long-term care.
1: Yeah, in in the the few minutes we have left, Tony, I I do want to uh, discuss just a little bit uh, what we call or refer to as traditional long-term care. We don't see that in the marketplace. Uh, Let me say, I don't see a lot of clients who still own traditional long-term care. Uh, it, it's out there. There are companies that, that market and sell the product. So I wanted to to talk about it here a little bit today. Um, we've talked uh, at various times over the last couple of years uh, about how we approach funding, uh, providing assets and liquidity for long-term care types of expenses, but we've not really talked about traditional long-term care. There's an article in Nerd Wallet called long-term care insurance explained that would be uh, useful I think uh, for someone to, to look up if they are looking for information again on the traditional long-term care. One of uh, the barriers that I run into uh, when we're discussing long-term care uh, solutions is that people who are, are healthy uh, today sometimes have a hard time uh, foreseeing the future, uh, seeing themselves in a position where they may need help, you know, bathing and dressing uh, or dealing with more you know, serious uh, medical issues. But the reality is no matter uh, how well we eat or how much exercise uh, we, we, we go through, you know, none of us really knows what our, our health will be uh, in uh, a decade or, or two down the road. And for some individuals, uh, long-term care insurance or uh, another product that provides uh, benefits for these expenses it could be uh, a buffer against uh, financial hardships that, that come along with declining health. But ultimately, long-term care uh, is simply uh, a variety of services that standard health insurance plans do not cover, uh, including help with uh, the daily chores like bathing, dressing, uh, getting you know in, in and out of bed.
0: Well, yeah. And so, uh, long-term care is a, is a really, really tough topic. It can be very expensive. And, uh, obviously you want something that can help with long-term care and certain, uh, you know, it, it can help with the cost of certain chronic medical conditions, correct?
1: That's very true, Tony. And we're seeing, uh, at least I see, um, more and more concern, you know, with that uh, chronic issue. And, and it might be, you know, that it, it's just uh, uh, the person is dealing with uh, a dementia of some sort, and those can uh, last uh, longer and uh, be much more expensive than, you know, the, what the uh, traditional long-term care uh, expenses uh, have been. So, uh, some long-term care insurance policies, according to this article in Nerd Wallet, uh, may help cover these expenses. As we've said, that become uh, chronic uh, conditions, uh, disabilities, and disorders like uh, uh, an Alzheimer's disease can also uh, be be funded. But you know, most policies will reimburse the cost of care you receive uh, in a variety of, of settings. And perhaps it's uh, services you receive in your home. Could be services in an assisted living facility, maybe an adult daycare center, um, and I, I really uh, do understand that uh, it takes quite a lot of research when you're evaluating and comparing uh, the various long-term care uh, insurance types of plans. Uh, that can be daunting, uh, and that's where I think working closely with uh, an expert in the area or a financial services professional Um, if you're not already doing so, can help you uh, sort through the variety of options uh, that are available. Uh, Many uh, financial services uh, professionals do have experience when it comes to long-term care insurance in the marketplace, both the traditional types of plans uh, and the newer plans that uh, I would uh, generally favor, Uh, either direct knowledge or, or through networking with other qualified financial uh, service professionals, Uh, and I think that would be really helpful uh, as part of anyone's overall uh, financial strategy. You know, we're keenly aware this year of how uh, market declines uh, have disrupted some uh, retirement uh, plans. Some people are postponing their retirement, waiting for their uh, 401k to recover, Uh, and uh, a health insurance situation that comes along Uh, that's uh, in the area of long-term care uh, can be very serious. And uh, having these discussions with your advisor uh, is really important as you prepare for retirement.
0: Well, right. And I think, you know, long-term care costs can be devastating. They can derail your retirement. So you have to have some type of plan in place. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are curious about the timing, uh, whether or not they need to purchase outright long-term care insurance, or if there are other options out there. What can you tell us about that?
1: Well, you've hit on what might be the most important question about long-term care insurance, Tony, and and that is uh, generally, long-term care is something uh, that should be getting on your radar screen when you're in your 50s, because waiting until you actually need the coverage, you know, purchasing something, uh, that's not going to be possible if there's a pre-existing condition in most cases. Uh, you won't qualify for a long-term care plan if, if certain medical conditions exist. And uh, many providers won't provide uh, uh, applicants with coverage uh, if they wait and apply until they're, you know, in their, in their 70s. So, uh, in my experience, most folks need to uh, address this issue as part of their comprehensive retirement income planning and, and strategies when they're in the, in their 50s and no later than their mid 60s. So I see that we're about to run out of time here again on Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. It amazes me how quickly uh, the time passes when we're uh, sharing this information. Uh, but uh, hopefully uh, just putting uh, a couple of things out there about uh, considerations if you're going to be an executor is something that uh, is helpful. You can certainly speak with uh, the attorneys about that. Um, uh, Make sure you have these discussions within your family so that uh, you're up to date with with what the family plans are. Just one quick uh, note here for my existing clients. So existing clients of Compass Retirement Advisors, I want you to be on alert for uh, an invitation to our big holiday event, our big Christmas celebration. Uh, That's going to be on December the 16th, and here in the next uh, 7 to 10 days, you should be receiving uh, an invite uh, with the details in your mailbox, and uh, we just want you to make sure you don't uh, miss uh, that. Again, in the next 7 to 10 days, you'll be receiving an invitation to our big holiday event. That's for Existing Compass retirement advisors clients. Well, we appreciate you being with us today and uh, tell your friends uh, about our program. Tell them about our services. If you have any questions about your retirement that we can help you with, uh, there's never an obligation. We're just happy to uh, be of service and to provide uh, insights that we've learned from our 40 uh, years uh, in this this business. My number is 812-787-0809 and we hope to hear from you. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Have a great one. Goodbye.
0: All right. And that does it for today's episode of Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812-787-0809. Or visit them online at Compass Retirement Advisors LLC Investment advisory services provided by Creative One Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, the Insurance Shop Inc., and Creative One Wealth LLC are unaffiliated entities. Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Provided content is for overview and informational purposes only and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individual tax, legal, fiduciary, or investment advice. Each individual situation will vary and opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to representation. The information contained herein is based on our understanding of current tax law. The tax and legislative information may be subject to change and different interpretations. We recommend that you seek professional legal advice for applicability to your personal situation.